Hey, this is Annie Gass for Silicon Valley Beat. Thanks for tuning in. Snap is trying to get into the drone business. Reportedly, it's in the process of making its second acquisition of a drone maker in less than a year. This time, the target is a drone creator called Zero Zero Robotics that makes something called the Hover Camera. This camera is capable of taking 4K videos, but more importantly, selfies. It uses facial and body recognition to track someone around an area or a room, and that camera is now sold at Apple stores for about 500 bucks and could soon someday be owned by Snap, according to the site The Information, who reported on these talks. Now, neither Snap nor Zero Zero has confirmed that any deal is in the works, but Zero Zero has raised about 25 million bucks on its own. And if this comes to pass, it would be the second acquisition of a drone company by Snap. And it makes sense when you consider that Snap has tried to brand itself as a camera company as opposed to a social media or internet company. Snap's first foray into hardware was, of course, spectacles, and those have failed to make a huge splash thus far. Snap said in May that Spectacles was associated with just $8 million in revenue during the previous quarters, and suffice it to say, you don't really see them around in the wild too often. The first buy um, of a drone maker was a company called Control Me Robotics, and that reportedly was a lower stakes thing somewhat with a purchase price of less than a million dollars. At any rate, we could learn more about Snap's intentions in hardware around August 10th when they're holding another earnings call. I'll keep you posted. Thanks for listening. More to come. Facebook is reportedly building a video chat console for your living room. And yes, this is... In addition to the rumored smart speaker that Facebook may also be selling in 2018, which we talked about the other day. According to Bloomberg, this second Facebook home gadget, the video chat device, will have a wide-angle camera lens, microphones, and speakers that use artificial intelligence somehow, somehow to improve performance. Now, this is meant to be a video chat device that's a bit smarter than your average, with auto-zoom features that try to make video calls a little more engaging. This is being developed out of Building 8, according to Bloomberg, which is Facebook's experimental hardware division. Both the smart speaker concept and this other video calling device will have a voice assistant um, that Facebook is apparently recruiting veterans of Apple to help build people who, for example, worked on Siri. Now, this idea has drawn comparisons to a long-ago effort by Facebook to make a phone with Facebook as the centerpiece. That was called the HTC First, and it was an abject failure. People did not want a hardware device that was centered around Facebook. So, it begs the question, can Facebook succeed at hardware? Do people want a device that's revolves around the Facebook experience. Let me know your thoughts in a call-in. We will keep an eye on this one for you. Stay tuned for more. Thanks for listening. The Bitcoin world is in chaos right now with Bitcoin forking into two currencies as a result of 
irreconcilable differences among the powers that be within Bitcoin. Yes, there's been a schism within the most popular and well-known cryptocurrency, and the schism comes out of the increased success and attention that Bitcoin has received as of late. I'll try to break this down for you as best I can. Now, the value of Bitcoin skyrocketed this spring, reaching about three grand per coin in June, and apparently the Bitcoin ledger, which is how blockchain transactions are verified, had trouble handling the increased volume of transactions that that popularity led to. So opinions were mixed on how to solve this. It was a choice between increasing the code uh, limit per per block um, in the blockchain or to move smaller transactions outside of the blockchain. Now, a protocol called Segwit2x was adopted with basically the latter strategy, but intended to be a compromise, but not everyone wound up adopting it. Ultimately, the detractors formed Bitcoin Cash as it's known now, and today, Bitcoin Cash was officially spun off from Bitcoin as a separate currency that's managed differently and with a different exchange rate, much lower. Now, some Bitcoin holders got an immediate windfall from the fork um, with their holdings duplicated on Bitcoin Cash, but some exchanges aren't recognizing the new currency, so the site Coindesk recommends that Bitcoin holders check with your exchange to see how this is being handled. All right, so the dust is still settling on the whole situation, and we have yet to see how this will shake out in terms of the value of either coin. The value of the original Bitcoin fell a little bit after the split to a mere $2,700 per coin, and Bitcoin Cash is valued at just over $200 as of this writing. But as Coinbase said on their website today, Coinbase, by the way, is a popular online Bitcoin wallet. They said it's hard to predict how long the alternative version of Bitcoin will survive and if Bitcoin Cash will have future market value. So have you been affected by the fork? Let me know if so. I would love to hear your your story and perspective um, over the great Bitcoin schism of 2017. More to come. Thanks for tuning in. Finally, you may have noticed if you happen to glance at many tech news sites in the past couple weeks that now is the time that public tech companies release their earnings for the second quarter. And it's also an interesting window into the challenges that some big companies in particular, like Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, and Alphabet are facing in the context of their financial reporting. So the other day we touched on Alphabet's report. And As far as big companies go, it doesn't get much more complex than the Google slash Alphabet universe. But a lot of the focus this time was on a record fine that Google received from the European Commission recently. $2.7 billion for antitrust concerns. And they've also gotten attention from U.S. regulators for similar concerns uh, around the question of whether Google elevating its own products and results winds up hurting consumers. So the core question with the European Commission situation was over Google Shopping and Google's habit of displaying its own shopping results rather than those of its competitors. So I put the question to you guys on your thoughts on whether Google is too big or too monopoly-like. So here's a perspective from Josh. Thank you, Josh, for your point of view and thanks all of you for stopping by. That is a wrap for tonight. This is Silicon Valley Beat. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. I wasn't surprised when 
I saw their earnings. Um, regarding the fine, I don't have a problem with them showing their search results and pretty much monopolizing the market because I think the problem is consistency and the fragmentation that we have amongst all the technology we have. You know, Facebook trying to do its own search and ad thing uh, to compete with Google. Then you have Yahoo being bought by Verizon and Verizon buying so many other popular companies. There's too much fragmentation. So in my mind, the more you can have something centralized, uh, a standardized system of being able to do something, the better so that you can you know, improve the experience overall. Um, hey, Google's in the, in the lead right now and good for them. Um, if they, all the tech giants could just sit down and find a way to make a standardized way of doing things, that would be even better.